Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. feel like our show is having an identity crisis. <laughs> we like hip hop. We're playing Britney Spears and we're giving away Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top tickets. Oh man. So variety is a spice of life. We are well versed on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. By the way, big shout to Brian who called in. One, thanks for listening. Two, I don't like putting people's first and last names. You and I think I've done it a couple times on the text line. Sorry if I keep doing that. But his last name does rhyme with Leonard Skinner. And so he actually won the tickets to a Leonard Skinner concert alongside ZZ Top. So big shout to Brian calling in and listening to the show as well as winning some of those tickets. You can do so. Again, we're going to be giving out Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top tickets really at the end of each hour. So about 150 or so will be the next time that we give those tickets out and then maybe 220 or something like that because even if I enjoy making Fitty's job harder I don't necessarily want to give out the tickets right during the transition to the Kyle Bailey show so maybe I'll start doing that at 220 as well the Kyle Bailey show is something you can catch right here on 92.7 FM starting at 3 p.m. and then it ends at 6 p.m. he's going to be talking with Steve Clifford today so that will be a good interview And we'll continue to talk about the Charlotte Hornets right now, Wes, because Charlotte Hornets, they've lost five straight. Yep. This is a team that actually got off to a pretty good start considering the circumstances. They had injuries right as the season started. LaMelo Ball got hurt in the preseason, not available. Gordon Hayward had the shoulder injury, and then he comes back, and then his wife goes to social media and says it's actually a broken shoulder. Then the Hornets finally admit it's a broken shoulder, and then so it's all right. He's not going to play anymore. We did get some good news, though, that LaMelo Ball is optimistic that he could come back tonight at the Spectrum Center and play against the Detroit Pistons. So I'm certainly hoping to see LaMelo out there on the court. I think every fan wants to see their team's best player, their young best player out there playing basketball especially when they're as fun as LaMelo Ball. I want to get to some Bobby Marks comments, though. He joined back in Bone this morning. And Bobby Marks had some interesting thoughts about the direction of the Charlotte Hornets. As we know, no Miles Bridges. He was arrested, felony domestic violence in the offseason. It was right before free agency started. So he was set to get a huge payday, probably about $30 million a year, close, if not a full-on max contract that did not happen after the arrest, and he eventually would plead no contest, which doesn't admit guilt. It just means that he's willing to endure any type of punishment based on a quote-unquote settlement, even though it's not, I guess, legally a settlement between those two. Bobby Marks actually think this might end up better for the Charlotte Hornets, that they did not pay Miles Bridges close to $30 million a year. Here's Bobby Marks on Mac and Bone explaining why. I mean, it probably helped. I mean, it's because they were basically tre- they were on that treadmill of mediocrity. Like, I didn't see them being a top six team if Miles came back. They would have probably been fighting just to be a playing team at all. So I think, you know, without him on the roster, it kind of, you bottom out. I mean, I think that's probably what you kind of have. You know, there's, there's there are different ways to do it. I mean, you could do it like how Utah and Indiana have done it, where they've kind of, they've traded away key pieces, but they've, their infrastructure's good. 
you know, you you have other players there here where I think for Charlotte, you, you basically need a complete bottom out to basically kind of build it back up. So if, if Miles would have come back on a, I don't know, four-year, $100 million contract, if nothing would have happened, you know, in the, in the offseason here, you're probably still looking at the same, you know, you'll be, you'll be better, but what are you, 11 and you're, you're basically the Wizards right now. What do you think of his comment, Wes? I disagree with him in that I'll say off the court, I do think it may have helped because of the path that we saw Miles starting to head down. And this was even before all this other stuff, the the big one came out as far as just the things, different things that you saw on the internet, kind of the way that he was going. And so some of the locker room stuff uh, as, well, as far as just, well, we don't need to get into all that. But as far as on the court, no, I, I disagree with him because I think that Miles, when you look at the improvements that he was making year by year for him to get to the point where he was an all-star caliber player last year, I think that, uh, you know, all things aside, if everything were equal, then I think that the Hornets would be better off with him because he was going, he was turning into one of your franchise cornerstones. And then with him, Melo, and then Terry, Gordon, or whichever ones you want to keep or trade, whatever the case may be, I feel like you could just work the pieces around them to turn them into uh, a playoff team. Well, and, and I don't think you're wrong for bringing up the off-the-court stuff because let's just go ahead and talk under the umbrella that is having sympathy for the kids and Michelle Johnson and what happened, right? So we can understand, and I think that's why you were that absolutely okay to bring it up, because yeah, it, and then that the lean well, on the it, internet and all that other stuff. It, it feels weird to discuss this from a standpoint. Hey, this actually works out better for the Hornets, good for the franchise. And I don't think that's what we're trying to do. At the same time, this is the situation at hand for Charlotte, and Charlotte has to figure out their future because we don't know if Miles Bridges is going to be a part of it. And if he is, then the felony domestic violence arrest will absolutely have an impact on the payroll, on his on his contract, whether it be with Charlotte or whether it be with another NBA franchise. As far as the Hornets bringing him back or not and whether that's beneficial to the franchise, I understand what Bobby is saying. I still think Miles was projecting at a point that he would really help this basketball team. That's not to say it was a little dicey going into giving that guy $30 million a year when he has not made an all-star team. $30 million a year, that's all-star type money. That's okay. You're pretty consistently at least flirting with an all-star appearance, and we had only seen that once with Miles and eventually didn't make it. And I'm not even mad that he didn't make it. It's not one of those, hey, he should have got in and the voting just didn't turn out his way. But is it good for a team that has LaMelo Ball as its franchise player? Is it good for a team that has LaMelo so young on the roster? And is it good for a team where that guy that isn't going to be coming back possibly, that guy was LaMelo's best friend? And so if you subscribe to the theory of making LaMelo as happy as possible because you don't want to be the first team that LaMelo turns down that rookie type of extension only the Hornets can offer. We've never seen a rookie turn that down before. We almost got there with Zion, potentially, but eventually that didn't happen. You don't want to be that first team. Do you subscribe to the theory that you need to make LaMelo as happy as possible? I think what would have happened there is bringing Miles Bridges back. But now, it's all different because he was arrested. That is the reality. And I do think from a Hornets fan perspective, if we talk about the people part of this, wanting to fill up the Spectrum Center, how do we get the Hornets fun again? 
How does that happen? Well, Miles Bridges on the court, pretty damn fun basketball player. Okay. So I do think for a basketball sense, had this arrest not taken place, then I still think that would have been the right decision to bring him back at 30 million. And then you make other decisions there because who's to say that miles has to be the second best player just because he's second in the order of signing your quote unquote, big three, you could sign your third best player first, right? You could sign your third best player second, which is kind of the argument here and then go out and find maybe your Donovan Mitchell in the trade market, right? Remember how that was a possibility. I always thought the Hornets should shift their goals from Donovan Mitchell to SGA while there was still some time. Now he's playing like an MVP candidate. No way in hell the Thunder are going to be trading SGA anymore. If there was a shot, though, I always thought Charlotte should inquire about him just as adamantly as they did about Donovan Mitchell. So that's why I kind of disagree with Bobby Marks. Well, the thing, too, that I, that I said about Miles is just the improvement that he showed year by year. And you'd like to think that if he came back this season – he would have been slightly better than the last because his history has shown that. Last year, he really broke out, in my opinion, and I thought that he could continue to get better. So uh, as far as making LaMelo happy, of course you want to do that. That's the way of the the lay of the land in the NBA as far as making your franchise player happy. But I thought that, like I said, I do think Miles could be a number two or a very high-end number three because um, I had said a while back that I thought that they should trade for Donovan Mitchell long before you know that went down. I was saying I thought that that was a guy that they should go after. Well, think about the situation. It it all changed once we had the Miles Bridges uncertainty. Yeah, I did not think that Charlotte should trade for Donovan Mitchell once we knew Miles probably wasn't going to play this season because it would be pretty ridiculous, especially with the way that the legal process continued and continued and continued. We knew at some point it was going to eat into the season very much so. So once Miles wasn't going to come back, then you have the often injured Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, who is, you know, probably means more to us right now than he does to a lot of other franchises. I know the Lakers would like to have him, but, you know, a little bit differing opinions on Terry Rozier. If you still had Miles into effect, then it would make a lot of sense to trade P.J. Washington, all your first-round picks, all your first-round swaps, whatever salary filler you have in a Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Then it makes a lot more sense. It's why it made all the sense in the world for Cleveland to do it, because they still have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland. But if the Hornets, after the Miles Bridges arrest, would have traded for Donovan Mitchell— then you're just completely gutting your basketball team, yeah. especially in hindsight with LaMelo getting hurt. Goodness gracious. I mean, this team would be in all sorts of trouble with the expectations that you would have had come aboard with Donovan Mitchell being that acquisition. I do want to go to this soundbite, too, as, it, as uh, Bobby Mark said this on Mac and Bone. He discussed the Hornets front office needing to reevaluate how they attack the draft. I think the big picture, guys, is that I think the, the organization is going to have to look itself in the face and figure out, like, what are we missing here as far as from a drafting standpoint? I mean, I'm watching these games, and, you know, you've got a guy who drafted in the lottery a year ago, James Booknight. He can't get off the bench. You've got two two-way guys playing in front of him. We haven't seen Mark Williams at all, their first-round pick out of Duke at all. And that's how you build an organization. That's the, Those are your foundation pieces. And when you miss on that, you're going to be in positions like they are right now. My only rebuttal to that is the fact that you did hit on Miles Bridges. Yes, you traded away SGA, and I had one of my biggest temper tantrums on a microphone ever when they did that, and to make it worse, it was actually at the Spectrum Center, and Doug Branson was telling me, Walker, 
chill the bleep out. We're actually on their home turf. Stop cursing them on this podcast. It was a big time temper tantrum. But Miles Bridges ended up on the basketball court being pretty good. I wouldn't call that a miss until, of course, the circumstances. P.J. Washington being drafted, I think, 12th overall, 11th. you're correct. So, So 12th overall. That's not a miss. I mean, PJ's not a miss at that spot. It is the last two years. It's Mark Williams not providing anything right now. And it's James Booknight uh, not providing anything. Bryce McGowan's though, like we can't negate the second round picks. Jalen McDaniels, Devontae Graham getting 14 mil and trading that away for a first round pick. Getting to see what they have in um, Cody Martin, right? Who also got a second contract. That's pretty tough. But the last two years, the first round picks haven't panned out so far. Not at all. And then I was going to ask you how much credence do you do you lend to a team scouting department if they do hit on a second round pick? Do you look at it as a little bit of, of luck or do you feel like, man, they have a strong scouting department where they found this guy in the second round? I For this team and Mitch Kupchak, he has a history of hitting on second round picks. So if it happens a couple of times in two years, then I would say it's all due to luck. But if you go back, go look at Mitch Kupchak's second round draft history with the Lakers. Dudes you've heard of, which, okay, that's a high bar, Walker. Who cares? Now, man, when you're drafting in the second round in in the NBA, it's really tough to draft guys that end up sticking on the roster and producing. So the Lakers, when he was able to draft guys, and even late in the first round, I kind of count some of those players. If I'm not mistaken, you know, Brian Cook had a long time in the NBA. Robert Sacri from Gonzaga had some time. Ronnie Turioff, I believe, was a little bit later. Maybe I have some of those names wrong. But if you go back in the history, and then you come here to Charlotte, you got a decent enough sample size there too, right? Like Cody Martin was not supposed to be drafted. Got an $8 million a year contract. Deserves it. Jalen McDaniels deserves a contract that is going to be coming his way from some NBA team. The Pelicans valued Devontae Graham enough to give up a first rounder. Like that's, that's just stock rising quite literally. So yeah, I I do think that there's some credence. And we also need to count in as well. Vernon Carey, that pick at 32, because that's almost like still a first rounder. That's like one of the top picks in the second round. So we have to count that among the failures as well. I think though, I like the Mark Williams pick. I was a huge advocate for them to get him. Same. But it looks like at this point, I know they say you don't look at G League as a demotion and things like that, but I just feel like when you pick a guy that high, he shouldn't be in the G League right now, especially on a 7-20 and basketball team. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm very shaky on his future going forward. James Booknight, a lot of people said, was the best scorer in the draft. They wanted a bucket getter. He hasn't worked out, and I think a lot of that has to do with maturity. Uh, but it's just as far as their drafting, I don't – really have a lot of gripes with guys that they've been picking because I feel like a lot of these have been good picks in theory. Yeah. They've been picking guys that when you looked at it on draft night, you say, oh, man, I like this pick. I think this should work out. And then when they get here, like I said, you never know what's going to happen when you pay guys and they get in the NBA and start living that lifestyle. Um, you could point to maybe some of the character evaluations, if you will, maybe. But I haven't had a ton of, of – of issue with that because, like I said, who knew that SGA was going to turn out to be this kind of a player? Now, you did. That's why you pitched, pitched yeah, the, the temper that you did as well. But uh, for some of these guys, like I said, I love the Mark Williams pick. Uh, like I said, James Booknight, I was cool with that. I wasn't as familiar with him, but I knew the reputation has been the best score in the draft. A guy that people said could go top five or could go top ten because of he was such a bucket getter. I was cool with that. Like I said, the Vernon Carey pick. I'm not going to lie. I did think Vernon Carey was going to be a good NBA player because 
of his pedigree coming out of high school. He was so highly touted. I thought that he was going to be a guy in the league. And then, like I said, you you hit on guys like Cody Martin and Jalen McDaniels in the second round. I think that's strong. P.J. Washington's a good player, a little up and down. So I'm not sure that I would say that they need to change their drafting technique. Yeah, or or their philosophy. Unless they they can pick Wimby and then they pick somebody else. Well, and let's remember, (laughs) LaMelo Ball was not a foregone conclusion to succeed in the NBA. There's a reason. I thought that. Well, and then fair, but... I mean, there's a reason he fell to three, you know, and, and they decided to take LaMelo Ball. I do want to go to Fiddy real quickly before we take a break. You made a face when I told you I threw a temper tantrum. I imagine you're going to be asking me, what is it going to take to do that on this show to throw a temper tantrum? Yeah, no, I want that same energy, emotion. I'm trying to think of another E word that Hubert Davis would use. To, exuberance, maybe. Uh, exuberance mm-hmm. on the radio show. Excellence. I uh, Okay, let's not get ahead of Don't ourselves Don't forget here. basketball. Um, I, I, that's really good. <laughs> There's an O there instead of an A when yeah. he says it. I, I I just first off, like the Mark Williams pick didn't agree with the guy can't guard on the perimeter. Um, that was evident better, in college. Yeah. I think the biggest question, the biggest doubt I have about the way that they've drafted was last couple of years it made a lot of sense. You have one of the better G League systems in the NBA. James mm-hmm. Borrego's player development was some of his better traits. I think Steve Clifford's done a better job here in, in 2.0, Steve Clifford. Right. But I still have a lot of questions about him developing James Booknight and the type of guy that he was going to be. I didn't have those same reservations about those guys' developments when Borrego was on the sidelines. Well, I mean, it's not like Borrego and Booknight had the greatest relationship. As Can Booknight, you blame them? Well, well, Borrego and Booknight? Yeah. Uh, well, the kid's b- b- immature. No, 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 I don't. That's not what I – no, I completely agree. Like, I don't blame Borrego at all, and that's why – I don't know if I throw any criticism towards Steve Clifford either. Like James Booknight, man, was about he not about to. He did. He did square up to Borrego in an actual game. And so now if you have two coaches where it's just not working out, the the biggest indictment on Booknight is the fact that Clifford gave him an opportunity at the beginning of the season. And Booknight could not capitalize. That's the biggest indictment on Booknight right now. Doesn't mean we need to write him off completely, but it's not looking good in the early going. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in on the Garage Door Guru text line with some of your thoughts. We'll go to some NFL draft talk about the Carolina Panthers. That's next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Once we get on an artist, we're going to roll with that artist heavy for a while. Back-to-back Britney. Yeah, that, and that's fine, though. We got the roots. Because I know, Fiddy, your your favorite new artist has been the roots so far, right? Is there anybody else that's kind of campaigning for your top spot on the new music list? No, nah, not that I know of. The roots have really taken root in my... Love it. I guess my new... I'm trying to think of... Me learning y'all's type of music because definitely I've got a different taste. What you in mean music. y'all's? Right. Type. I can't wait for him to start asking me or <laughs> tell me some of the stuff that he likes out of out of the tracks that he's been playing from my selection. Is, is there anything else that maybe you like that you just forget to say that you like because you're doing something yeah, else? Have you heard anything over the last couple of days or this week that you like? Uh, when we came back with Buckham Down by yeah. Black Moon, I was... Strong beat. Okay. I was back here losing my ish. Yeah, okay, And that's all, all right. right. Yeah, same here. I saw the fist bump, and I was going to let you do your thing, man. Because even if 
I see you dancing and I'm trying to get your attention, there is a part of me that does like you dancing. Happy Fitty is Happy Walker. I mean, it's almost like the whole happy wife, happy life type of thing. I get myself happy when I see you dancing, so I'd honestly like to see it. The vibes, man. The vibes. We vibing. 100%. I don't know why you got to laugh like that. I'm just glad I make you happy. You do, man. Well, when you dance, but then when you, you know are like doing some of the other stuff that you're kind of known to do. Sometimes that doesn't make me happy. I'm also happy though, when flounder comes in and you decide to try to figure out what you're going to eat for lunch. What up? <laughs> wait, 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 before we get into that, cause I think he's about to forget it. No, I, I remembered it. I was just going to try to drop okay, it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> flounder. I know you wanted to talk about what you're going to eat for lunch today. Did you guys decide on something? Uh, apparently not. Now we, we, we've been through some deliberations. Okay. But as of right now, precincts are still reporting, uh, and we are waiting for the results to officially roll in. Uh, we got our first uh, uh, flounder hit real quick, um, trying to come up with a news flash today. We got your flounder thing on the precincts coming in with their info. And so when we're talking about what you should eat for lunch, I will tell you this. I did have the blackened chicken sandwich from Popeye's the other day. And Wes Ooh. has been asking me, you probably reminded me three or four times yeah. to do the whole review on it. now air. we've each had it. Yeah. I will. The, the thing that Popeye's does so well with their chicken sandwich is they provide such a big piece of chicken on the sandwich. Yes. They do not well short fed. you there. And plus, it is, it is cooked really well. Mm -hmm. I feel like the quality, it's really good. It's it's not as good as the first chicken sandwich I had, right, when they really stepped up to the game and said, we're coming aboard. You had people fighting and climbing through windows when, and all kind of stuff. When you have the Popeyes <laughs> on Tryon, where the line comes all the way out onto the road and you have to get into the left lane just to continue about your drive. It's not like that for the black and chicken sandwich, but it is really good. I think I'd give it like a 7.8 out of a 10 scale. Okay. I think that's what I would roll well, that's with. That's an in-depth review right I'm, there. I'm just telling yeah. you, that's how I feel about it. If you wanted to go try Popeye's or if you wanted to try something else, what are you guys thinking? Well, Popeye's probably doesn't travel well, so we can't eat that. Dude, look, the fact that's right that, around the corner. The fact that y'all <laughs> don't believe in my travel well theory. No, I do. I do. I have to agree with Fiddy. I do agree that some food, if you have to get it and take it back, it's not Quite. Would you say 100%. that Pinkies, which is literally, when I say a stone's <laughs> yeah, throw, Pinkies I could right throw there. a stone right there yeah. and hit the building. He says too far. I think sometimes it's the packaging too, because especially Thank if they you. put it oh in the plastic God. bag. If they put it in the plastic <laughs> bag and then and then tie it up and seal it to where all that heat's getting in there and it's making it slightly, uh, you know, I don't want to say all the way soggy, but just taking some of that crispness out of it. I do subscribe to that. I'm with 50 a little bit on that. Jeez. The brown paper bag is not the you best way to aeration. bag to go food. You've got to put it in a in a bag that can trap in all the heat. Which is why, and I said Wait, this about... Wouldn't, wouldn't you not want it to trap yeah, all the Yeah, I like a though, little aeration a little bit. Well, I mean, it depends on how well they cook the food. If you are toasting your buns, then you should be all right. <laughs> There's some degenerates, man. I'm saying when you toast the buns, it gets a little hot, but it can handle the heat when you toast the buns. So yeah, I think I like that's a good okay. old toasted bun. Same here, lie. man. And speaking of which, I think when we talked about the packaging, and I said Chick Fil A has the most elite of packaging. When mm, their I know where you're going with this. Popeyes too. Yeah, I, I didn't give them credit for that. And I was gonna say that the bags that they put them in, it makes it more appetizing to me when I get to unroll the, the little... Is that aluminum? It's not aluminum, right? What it, is it? it? Maybe they just created some kind of substance. I don't know. I don't know. Some, yeah. they, they created something in the Yeah, lab. I like that. I like unwrapping that thing when I get my sandwich out. Or sometimes right, I just tear it. it. Don't say it again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes I tear it. 
Yeah, thank you. Of course. See, All right. see Chick-fil-A does a good job of wrapping the sandwich, mm -hmm. but they don't do a good job to keep your fries warm. I guess that's true. They Who need does? a better container for the fries. Well, nobody comes with an over-the-top type of container. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, McDonald's. This is something that we have to work well, on. You got to keep your bag open and let the air get in there so it doesn't, like I said, trap out of heat and make them a yeah, little soggy. Yeah, but then soggy. it makes it cold, though. So, so you got to kind of make the decision on that. With some picky mofos. So yeah, I heard, that's a fair point. I, I heard <laughs> I heard Bossy Beulah's. It's probably the establishment we reference most on this show mm -hmm. for different reasons. But I did, joint. I did hear Bossy Beulah's. The first thing is what I heard when you came in. So well, you don't want me to pick that because then you got to buy it, apparently, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's something that we're still trying to get over in our radio relationship. I don't know if we've completely gotten to that point, but only can, only Fiddy can attest to that. So do we want to do we want to put that off until at least later in the week and just do Chipotle or something today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go in and get me a chicken bowl. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Walker, okay. save your funds because you're going to have to Thank apparently you. pay for... Pay for a meal. Thank you. Uh, Meat wrote in that he also had the Popeye's blackened chicken yesterday for the first time. And uh, I don't know if he liked it. He just asked me if I got the spicy or the regular. Always go spicy. I got regular. I always go spicy. But I do like the spicy. Dude, I got risky, regular. Man. I, but I had, had success with the OG if they chicken go, sandwich. Yeah, if so. they go overboard with the sauce, though, at Popeye's, that's what throws me off. I tell them easy on the sauce. Now, somebody else wrote in, it's amazing, but it is a bit salty. Completely agree with that review. That the black and chicken sandwich, yeah. it is good. A little softy, softy. Goodness gracious, <laughs> salty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I deserve that one. It doesn't even yeah. make sense what I said. It's a little salty, which is why I probably bring it down from a perfect like ten or even in that nine range. Mm -hmm. So Chipotle, it is. That is the move, guys. I'm actually ordering as we speak. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. That's flounder coming in. So have we established maybe Wednesdays at one o'clock is the what's for lunch segment? Uh. We have we've, we've tried to figure this out on air a million times and have not come come to something concrete. You know the schedule just changes based on when we got to record podcast after work. Who's working Hornets games? When on, what means one of us is staying late? Uh huh. It's gonna be in the show one way or another because first off we're fat, so we're gonna eat and y'all enjoy it just as much as the listeners we enjoy do. it. We so, do. Yeah. You know it's it's just a surprise segment whenever it pops up. Uh, homesick Panther wrote in the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Homesick Panther wrote in, not sure about the proximity to the building, but the chicken Monterey at Sports Page with wing sauce is straight fire. Yeah, Has anybody? Page. I don't know. I've never even heard of that, so I don't know. I feel like I've heard of it, but I'm not sure where that is, but I'd love to try it. Yeah, so we can absolutely try that as well. I know we are all about the food reviews, and Chipotle seems to be the uh, winner as far as what these guys are going to eat for lunch. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, not only just this season, but even beyond, mm -hmm. because Todd McShay revealed his mock draft on ESPN yesterday, and we have a group direct message on Twitter, and we also have a group text message where we'll just constantly put in storylines. Really, Wes and Fitty contributed to that a lot more than I do, but once they do that, then we can start to talk about some of this on the show. And something that you put in there yesterday, Wes, was the fact that Todd McShay had Carolina taking Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, 11th overall, higher than I had anticipated. Now, yeah. we see movement all the time leading up to the NFL draft, but still 
an early movement, I think, for Anthony Richardson to be considered 11th overall if Carolina was um, taking at that spot today. What did you make of that decision from Todd McShay? Well, for one, I don't think it would be good. I know you guys have heard me on here before call him Logan Thomas, and I think he could end up being a tight end. But I said his physical tools are so enticing that I think people will keep giving him chance after chance. I mean, I asked myself yesterday, I said, what's the difference between him and Terrell Pryor? Uh, you know, because what scares me the most is that 53% completion percentage, 54 if you want to be technical, in an RPO offense today. I feel like even if you're not that accurate of a passer, you should be over 60% in an RPO offense where you're doing a lot of side-to-side. I mean, he, the thing is, he's just so inconsistent. Sometimes he does look like Superman. You know, he starts the season against Utah going 17 of 24 three rushing touchdowns and 100 yards on the ground, but then follows it up Kentucky, 14 of 35, 10 of 18 versus South Florida, 24 of 44 versus Tennessee, but the inconsistencies, I mean, 15 of 25 versus LSU, 18 for 37 against Georgia, uh, 25 of 42 against Vandy, but then 9 of 27 against Florida State. And I'm just like, man, how do you how are you so inaccurate in an RPO offense that's built for you to have a high completion percentage by default? And then also we talk about he's he in my opinion is the ultimate boomer bust prospect and we know yeah. what comparisons are going to come if the Panthers drafted this man. 236 can make crazy runs. He's probably going to run high 44 low 45 in the 40. We know what the comparisons are going to be. The dun, 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 to Superman. If you don't know the theme song. No, I okay? do. No, that's All right. Good. I'm just making sure. <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be big Cam Newton comparisons. People are going to hold him to that standard if they do draft him. I'm not a fan of the guy just because, like I said, just the quarterback play from the pocket to me is just not there. And that's what worries me the most. We know that this league, when they catch up to the fact that you're not – a guy who can scan the field and make those reads and make guys pay from the pocket, you get eaten up very quickly in this league. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Anthony Richardson, he is the ultimate boomer bust project and prospect because when you look at the beginning of the season, there were a lot of people that thought if he played well enough, then he'd be a top five pick. I mean, he, he had that kind of ability. Mm-hmm. Hell, it was the first play. they up. Who did they upset in the first week of the college football Utah. season? Utah. It was Utah. Yeah, okay. Utah. So, so they yeah. Beat, and Anthony Richardson had that crazy play where he's running for his life in the yeah. backfield and and com, uh, complete, uh, completes a pass in the end zone, I believe. And so I think that's when everybody got real excited. The numbers just never came that way for him as the season went on. Yeah, he's had some massive games. But, like I said, it's just so inconsistent. And as I said, the accuracy, 53.8%. Yeah, it's it's not good. Now, if you compare Anthony Richardson to a Will Levis, I think those are the quote-unquote project type of prospects when looking at the NFL draft, specifically when you're looking at quarterbacks. Would you feel better? Let's Let's put it this way. If Carolina is selecting seventh, would you feel comfortable with them taking Will Levis, or would you rather Carolina sit at 11, 12, something like that, and take an Anthony Richardson? What's the better scenario for Carolina? Woo! Um, if I had to pick, I'm going to be decisive here. I would say Will Levis. Uh, he seems to have – I don't like either one of them, to be frank. Yeah. But, but it seems like both of those are very real scenarios, which is why I'm posing. Yeah, and I'm – you see Will Levis' stock soaring. I mean, they're talking about him as the number one overall pick at this point. The more they study Will Levis, at least from the NFL analyst standpoint. Yeah, because the they're like saying him. that he was playing with, you know, subpar or not 
up to par talent with the defenses that he faced. And so now there's Well, the it. offensive line was terrible. Yeah, so they, they're trying to say that. And with the NFL system, NFL players in front of him, he could be uh, much better. He's got great physical tools as well. He is a little athletic. He's got a very strong arm. Uh, you know, he can throw it all over. But like I said, with me, with him, it's just the decision-making sometimes. He makes those what-are-you-thinking uh, type of throws, especially like a game against Tennessee, 98 yards passing, three picks. So, uh, But if I had to choose which one, I guess I would say, I mean, it, it, and it's tough to make the upside argument for Levis, but the scouts are so high on him. Well, and then you, you can, do think about the the theory of what he's playing with, with what he's going against. But Anthony Richardson's upside, I feel he has way more upside. Well, I mean, you can still make the argument for one or the other based off of the realistic expectation of them getting to their upside, right? So, yes, in theory, if Anthony Richardson could meet that, then maybe his ceiling is greater than everybody else's in the oh, draft. Oh, no question. But but does he have as good of a chance at reaching that as Will Levis, who is also considered a project? I think that's one way you can start to break it down. Fiddy, real quickly, what scenario would you rather have? Based off of where we expect both quarterbacks to go right now, what proposition would you most like to be a part of? Will Levis maybe top 10 or Anthony Richardson maybe a little past that, kind of where Todd McShay had him going? Neither, because like I said last week, well, you got to pick one, man. You can't but, go but I, No, I, I don't because it's not economical for the Panthers to draft a quarterback next year. Because then you have two projects on your roster plus bearded, bearded Sam Darnold. Are you are you carrying P.J. Walker to have at least an experienced backup? You're, you're, you're saying you, they shouldn't draft a quarterback at all? No. I like decisive oh, 50, man. Goodness. I want you to go with the scenario. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. Man. Uh, I'm picking Sam Darnold. That's not an option. <laughs> You got to go Richardson or Levis. Which one you want? I love Fitty, man. I'm not going to answer your I know, question. He loves to break our little rules. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I like when my boy is decisive. Tell me oh, which one. Pick one. Oh, if, if I had to choose, it would be Richardson okay. because I think his upside is go. better. Also, he doesn't put mayo in his coffee or eat bananas with <laughs> the peel There we still. go. That's what I'm looking for. That's fine. I'll, I'll take that reasoning. Yep. We still need to talk about your opinion about Carolina not drafting a QB I said this last in the first week. round. Do you Even not more listen? So. No, I do. I, I also hear you getting angry over some back of quarterback quarterback talk man give us the fitty flash before you blow a gasket right. over there goodness gracious all right guys this might make y'all blow a gasket but the nfl is discussing making hits on the quarterbacks or defensive players reviewable or automatic ejection um what this could do is pick up some flags that that get thrown <laughs> for roughing the passer which very clearly isn't roughing the passer. Mm. Well, this could also, like you see in college with that targeting rule, get guys ejected if they do lay a or if they do land a hit on a defensive player. What do you guys think about get another call play being reviewable by the NFL? I'm all for it. Uh, I think that some of these roughing penalties that you've seen, like the one that was on Justin Herbert the other night from uh, Jalen Phillips was absolute trash. But then you saw uh, when Kenny Pickett got the concussion and he got slammed on his back and hit his head. That was not called. So I think that uh, we do need to do that. I mean, I know guys are going to say oh, offensive guy and if the quarter as if the quarterbacks aren't already protected enough. But I think some of these hits are such game changing plays and they can be, especially late in a ball game. I think we definitely need uh, some, you know, 
some reviews on those. Well, and you could also just do the whole eye in the sky type of thing where you can just wait a little bit longer and it doesn't have to be this long review process because sometimes instant replay affects the flow of the game big time because even if we see something pretty clearly at the beginning of your instant replay, then they're still going to pay attention to it for another what seems like three, four, five minutes too long. And I think that's the problem when we talk about instant replay. We'll have 50 favorites coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. My favorite beat that might have been played this entire time. When I found this, when I was going back, trying to go back retroactively and learn about the hip-hop game, when I heard Smith and Weston, and he said, no front just in case I got to smoke something, I lost my mind when he said that. That's <laughs> yeah, one of this my was favorite back things when I've the videos. Heard. The New York artists especially, they love to shoot cold, gritty videos. All the Duck Down records guys always shot that videos music video in the is cold. amazing. That video, because, because it's just Parker. following these guys walking the streets right. and then they're just kind of <laughs> shaking their shoulders a little bit yeah, looking at the camera. I, say, yeah. I do think that the, I think the gun company actually got mad at them and they had to change yeah. it. Yeah, so they had to change their name because this was Smith & Wesson and then yeah. the gun company got mad at them for using it so they yeah, had to change their name. Yeah, because they changed the Coco Brothers. Yeah, is that right? Yep. I didn't know what name they yep. changed. I didn't know, but that that beat, especially that build up to it, as soon as I, I heard a that, big duck down on the night. Helter Skelter was my favorite out of them. Yep. I love. I I listen to a lot of Helter Skelter still. Yeah, well, that that as soon as I heard that, I mean, I fell in love and played that nonstop when I was. I bought that back. single actually. Did you really? Back in the day, I bought the tape. Yep. Yeah, I I tried to use it before. So when I before I was real, I mean. Quote, when I was good with Adobe Audition, yeah. I was able to start editing a little bit more. Yeah. But before that, I tried to bring this on air, and I didn't get to the actual good part of the beat because that intro is real long. Yes. And so we just it, it took us like 30 seconds to get to the actual part of yeah. the beat. And so I'm glad. I got Is you, he, baby. But you, I got you, you got the producing got skills you. as you, well. Baby. Speaking of the producing skills, let's go to see how his on-air skills are with one Fitty Marlowe talking about his favorites. The category today, non-New Year's Six Bowl games. Non-New Year's Six Bowl games. Let's start with number five. What you got, Fitty? All right, guys. Well, we actually go to the Valero Alamo Bowl, which is featuring Texas and Washington this year. Washington led by the, the nation's leader in passing yards, Michael Penix Jr., who announced he was coming back Wes. He did release a video announcing his return to college. <laughs> I think that's an okay video. We we can that he's a good college player that could have gone to the draft. I think we accept that video, right? And then you know, Texas, mm. Quinn Ewers, B. John Robinson. I feel like if Texas wins this this game, that gives them so momentum some momentum Going into next year, you know, their Big 12 departure is, is on the horizon. They will be leaving for the SEC sooner rather than later. But I feel like if they win this year, some offseason momentum for Steve Sarkeesian and that program, 
expect a lot of points in the Alamo Bowl. I like this one. This one does deserve to be in the top five. Love the fact that you do have Michael Penix Jr. coming back, and then we are going to see him. What do you think about this game being in the top five, Wes? Yeah, I like it a lot for all the things that Fiddy mentioned. Uh, I do like Texas. Kind of went to football camp back in the day there in Austin. So we'll see where he's at. And Quinn Ewers just continuing to warm up the seat for young Arch Manning before he has to hit the portal. All right, what's number four, (laughs) Fiddy? Number four, I have Notre Dame versus South Carolina in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. The first time that the cupcakes of the SEC, as Wes <laughs> likes to mention them, will take on the Golden Domes of Notre Dame. And kind of like with Texas, the winner of this game, the momentum it does for them going into next year, for Marcus Freeman, a nine-win season, a bowl win in his first year at Notre Dame after a one-and-two start would do wonders for him. Then for South Carolina... A seven to potential nine win improvement for Shane Beamer. The, the excitement around Columbia would only heighten um, for that Gamecock program if they beat Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Rattler, too, talking about another year from him playing for South Carolina. Notre Dame, South Carolina, both kind of with a what we just accomplished this past season is legit after what was a rough start, right? With Notre Dame having that also with South Carolina really like this game being in the top five West. I like it a lot too. I think it's an intriguing matchup. South Carolina's hot as fish grease right now playing up against Notre Dame who also got better as the season went on so we're going to see if this game is going to be a stepping stone for them coming into next season even though they have to figure out who the quarterback is going to be. Right. But uh, other than that though, I do like this game being in there. It's intriguing. By the way, Dow Loggins does say that getting Spencer Rattler to return for another year, it is their top priority so that is something that they are trying to do. We'll see yeah. if it And is. you don't see South Carolina and Notre Dame play often. Uh, 100%. Oh! Always love the breaking news. Nothing major, but Mac Brown has hired a new offensive line coach. Okay. So no OC. They believe it's going to be after the bowl game before that decision does get made. But they are hiring Randy Clements to come in and take over. So it'll be a third different offensive line coach for the Tar Heels in as many years. Number three on my list. <laughs> What's is is that a, a clear your throat type of pause? Is that what that was? Oh, I actually burped. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, it's really going down over here. Uh, number three, I have Oklahoma versus Florida State in the Cheese It Bowl. Now, if this if if Cheese Nips still existed, this may have been number one because Cheese Nips were more were far more superior than Cheese It's wow. I think before I they went out of business I during think, the pandemic. I think I agree with that. Really? Yeah, I do. Air high five. Boom. That was a um, close moment for us. But you got, I mean, two brands. Norvell, a 10-win season on the line for him. That'll really quiet all the doubters around him in that Florida State program. Then for Brent Venables. Right. A losing season his first year in Norman. They're going to give him time. But if they go 6-7, and seven, they lose this bowl game. It's only going to ramp the pressure up around him as he tries to get that Oklahoma program back among the nation's elite. Would be a huge game more so for Brent Venables to win than it would be for Florida State because you kind of almost have some stress relieved with the fact that Jordan Travis is going to be coming back to Florida State after he made that announcement. But Oklahoma, you're talking about this thing just kind of launching, right? After having so much success, yes, hard shoes to fill with Lincoln Riley leaving. But man, if you do have that 
that losing season. Completely agree with Fitty. Yeah, I do as well. And I think that, again, one of those matchups, they play once for the national championship. But as far as just like you said, what Venables at Oklahoma, it's like the oven is on 400. And then if they lose this game, they're going to go in there and turn that thing up to about 450. It's getting hot. Absolutely. (laughs) By the way, is it okay if I say Cheez-Its are overrated? No, I I disagree with you guys 100%. I love Cheez-Its, especially now that they've come out with the extra toasted one. Oh, yeah. I like those. Those are fire. Those sound a lot better, but you like like cheese nips more. Is it okay to say Cheez-Its are overrated, Fitty? I don't know if they're overrated. I just thought cheese nips were more cheesy. I agree with that, and that's why I like cheese nips. All right, let's go to number two. Number two, I've actually got NC State and Maryland, an old ACC matchup right here in our backyard. I would actually love to go to this game if I could as a member of the media. Um, I mean, what, what, what it would mean for that Maryland program to get a bowl win. The Big Ten's only getting tougher and tougher to compete in. Talia Tagaviola has been just an absolute monster out there. Uh, and then for, for an NC State, this program, 8-4, and four, Dave Doran has built that program up. But it feels like they're a program in transition. Devin Leary in the portal. Right. Yeah. Some other guys are now leaving the program as well. A sneaky, important game for NC State in the Wolfpack. What do you think about NC State I agree. and Maryland? Uh, like I it? like the old school nostalgia of it. I miss Maryland being in the ACC. They should be here. To me, they're relevant in the Big Ten. I'm here for it. I also like mayo than I do uh, more so than cheese it. So I will, I'll also go with the Duke's mayo bowl being ahead of the cheese it bowl. Last one, no doubt. What's your favorite non-New Year's mm. Six bowl fitting? People probably think I have Carolina and Oregon on there because it's my team. And look, they're not 100% wrong. First off, that might be my, that might be the best uniform matchup of the entire bowl season. Agree. Um, you get a chance to see Drake May on the football field. I think there are going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I do think Oregon's going to win the game, and Dan Lanning's going to have a 10-win year, his first year out there in Eugene. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just trying to see how these two teams look from an aesthetic standpoint. The first time North Carolina and Oregon have met in football. Wes, how much are you going to be pulling for the Ducks in the Holiday Bowl? Well, you know, any Carolina loss is a good one in my book. But, yeah, I'll definitely be cheering for the Ducks. The unis are going to be fire. I can't wait to see what they come out with. But it's going to be a good matchup to see if Drake May can cure the ills that have affected him these last three games. Can he come out and have a great game? It's going to be a good quarterback matchup with him and Bo Nix. So, yeah, that's going to be a really good game to watch. Wes, can we do a post-bowl season quarterback rankings for the ACC once it's all said and done? I believe I can cook that up for you. You might want to because you don't want to come in next year saying Riley Leonard is better. Listen, I come in and do what the hell I want. Okay, Riley Leonard was playing the best football at the end of the season. Drake May has three touchdowns in three weeks, so I hope he doesn't extend that uh, bad streak. All right, Wes gives more bad takes in the last hour. Wes and Walker, (laughs) Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.